This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has been evident to the whole palace guard, all the Roman guards know about the gospel, and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. You ever heard the saying, when the world gives you lemon, you make lemonade? It's a great saying. I love that. But that's how it should be for Christians. We should learn how to, we should be experts at making lemonade. Sometimes you're handed a bad lemon and you have a choice to make. You can cry and fuss and hide that bad lemon, ashamed of how it turned out. Or you can take what you've been given and make something beautiful and even appealing out of the bad circumstances. Today, Pastor Eddie explains how Paul's own rotten experiences in prison allowed him to cultivate a relationship with people for the sake of Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. As he begins his message, be loyal to the faith. Open our Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. As we work our way through 2 Timothy chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Let us open up in prayer. We need the Holy Spirit to be our teacher. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus. And Lord, now we're about to partake of the bread that never perishes. And Lord, it's amazing how we can just study your word over and over again. And for some reason, we know the reason, it still speaks to us. It ministers to us because it's alive. It's not written by man, though it was written by man, the scripture, but inspired by you, the Holy Spirit. But all the other books in this world throughout history can't do what the Bible does. And it brings life. We can look in it. We could study it every day, get something new. And so, Lord, as we partake of this bread, we pray, Lord, Father, that you would be with us, that you would be our teacher. Help us, Lord, to read the passage before us and understand the message that was given to Timothy by the Apostle Paul. But Lord, how we can apply it for us today. That's why we read it, because it's applicable for us today. Your whole word from Genesis to Revelation, it's applicable for us. We can apply it to our lives. And so we ask that you may open up our minds that we may understand, Lord. Open up our ears that we hear and our eyes to see and our hearts ready to receive what message you have for us through your word and in your name we pray amen second timothy chapter one in our last study we looked at verses three to seven verses three to seven of chapter one where the apostle paul wrote about timothy's faith and his heritage and paul gives credit to his godly grandmother lois and his godly mother eunice it was their genuine faith 
that prepared Timothy to become a godly man and a son in the faith to the Apostle Paul. Now, that brings us to verses 8 through 18 of chapter 1 of 2 Timothy. And so let us read verses 8 through 18. Paul writes, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, to which I was appointed a preacher an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him unto that day. Hold fast the pattern of sound words which you heard from me in faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed to you, keep by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. This you know that all those in Asia have turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chain. But when he arrived in Rome, he sought me out very zealously and found me. The Lord grant to him that he may find mercy from the Lord in that day, and you know very well how many ways he ministered to me at Ephesus. Now, as the Apostle Paul continues to give his son in the faith, Timothy, final instructions, in this section of his second letter, he now aims to encourage Timothy. It appears that Timothy is somewhat timid, Remember just what Timothy is going through. Timothy had to deal with the false teachers and other issues in the church. Nero was the emperor of Rome and Christians were being persecuted. They were being tied to the pole and burned alive. And now his teacher, his mentor, his father in the faith, his closest friend, the apostle Paul, is in prison and is about to be put to death. And so we can obviously see as someone as young as Timothy and now that his mentor is going to be out of the picture, who's there to encourage him? You're going to have to depend on the Holy Spirit. But it seems timid. And it's inevitable that as we remain faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ, each and every one of us, we will encounter opposition, hostility, persecution, and even be martyred for our faith. I mean, it's happened since the beginning. You find in the book of Acts, the first martyr was Stephen. And from there on, the church has been persecuted even to this day. We're talking about physical persecution. We find that in third world countries. There's a ministry called Voices, the Voices of Martyrs. Um, they always they have magazines that they send out, and they keep the church as a whole fully posted and see, tell us what's going on in the world around us that we don't know. Things you won't hear in the news, of course. But... Our fellow brothers who are suffering persecution. 
But we know that when we come through that time, when that happens, this some will be tempted. It's the reality. Some will be tempted to distance themselves from Christ and from the gospel and from the church. The very gospel that saved us, they will be distancing themselves because of persecution. And you find that. Now we come to verses 8 through 18. In verses 8 through 12, in verses 8 through 12, Paul writes to Timothy to not be ashamed of the gospel. Timothy, don't be ashamed of the gospel. And that's in verses 8 through 12. In verses 13 to 14, Paul writes to Timothy to be loyal to the gospel. Be loyal. In verses 15 and 18, Paul will give us some example of this loyalty and loyalty in the body of Christ. So we read the text. Now let us study the text. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, Paul writes, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. In other words, don't shrink back from the gospel, Paul tells Timothy. Don't hold back. Don't be ashamed. Now, we're talking about a time where preaching the gospel was a crime. And those that publicly preached the gospel of Jesus Christ were being persecuted by Rome, Nero. And then it wasn't just the government at that time. It was just regular citizens. And so Paul gives Timothy a command. This is a command. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And that applies to all of us. Now, this is not saying that Timothy was ashamed in any way. There's no evidence of that. But Paul is encouraging him at this time because he sees people in the church are being ashamed at this time. They're pulling back because the church is being persecuted. Paul is telling Timothy, do not be ashamed before he gets there. If anything, again, he was more afraid. And that's common. He was afraid and we find throughout the scriptures that the, the scripture encourages us to not be afraid. It happens. We're living in a world that we don't belong. We're, we're sojourners in this world. Our citizenship is in heaven. But you can look back in, in verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, where Paul says, he said, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And this is where Timothy is. It's not really he's ashamed, but... Obviously, there were Christians who were ashamed. They were holding back the gospel because of persecution. You know, there is no reason for a believer in Jesus Christ for you and I to be ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is powerful. It's powerful. Paul said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 16, Peter writes, Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this manner. And it's a great opportunity when you're being persecuted as a Christian. And you're going to see how God opens doors. <laughs> you know, when you're afraid is when, you know, that's when you're not sharing the gospel with your heart. There's more fear in your heart than there is the love of Christ and sharing the gospel. And how can you see the power of the gospel if you're afraid and you pull back and you're ashamed? You step forward and share the gospel of Jesus Christ in the midst of persecution, in the midst of hostility. Share the gospel. And you see, while you're concentrating on the gospel of Jesus Christ, God has taken care of everything else for you. And that's the way God works. And you might think that it, if one is a truly born again, they need to be told, reminded or even told, don't be ashamed. 
I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Why should I be ashamed? Remember Peter? Who denied Jesus not once, but three times. He's the one who says, Lord, if any of these, referring to the other disciples, will leave you, but I would not leave you, nor I would not leave you, Lord. I would die for you. You say, really, Peter? <laughs> Listen, the opposition, the hostility, the persecution, when it comes your way, remember, do not be ashamed of the gospel. Don't shrink back. There is power in the gospel. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Paul makes it clear, I'm not a prisoner of Rome. I love Paul. He never takes prison seriously. (laughs) Paul said, I'm not a prisoner of Rome. I'm his prisoner. That's what he said here. He said, nor of me, his prisoner. In his letter to the Ephesians in Ephesus, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul writes, says, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus. It's like a bond servant. That's what he says. I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave, a willingly slave. I am a slave to Jesus Christ. I am his prisoner. In fact, whenever you put Paul in prison, you see the power of the gospel is preached, which is proved that Paul was his prisoner. You see, if you go in, if you put in a prison for the gospel, if you are afraid and you're ashamed and you, and you shrink back, you'll never see the proof of the gospel. You, you'll never actually think, where do I belong? You, don't, you won't be able to put things in perspective because if you're in prison for the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're going to say, just like Paul, I'm not a prisoner of Rome. I'm not a prisoner of the government. I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And we see the proof because what happens when you put Paul in prison he starts writing letters. He starts writing that, and he starts sharing the gospel. Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 to 13, this is what he said. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has been evident to the whole palace guard. All the Roman guards know about the gospel, and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. You ever heard the saying, when the world gives you lemon, you make lemonade? It's a great saying. I love that. But that's how it should be for a Christian. We should learn how to, we should be experts at making lemonade. Not just having lemon when you have the face like, you're a Christian? Why you got a face like you're sucking lemon? <laughs> no, I make lemonade because in the middle of my trials and tribulation, I could rejoice. Paul, I said, listen. They put me in a prison. Guess what? As a matter of fact, the Roman guards would be chained to Paul. Sometimes they would actually chain Paul to a prison guard. And every eight hours when they chain shift, you got another Roman soldier who takes off his chains, not only physically, but spiritually. After listening to the apostle Paul, hearing the gospel, he has no choice. He has to be chained to Paul. Not only the chains physically are being removed, but the shackles and the bondage of sin has been released. He now, all these Roman soldiers are just getting saved left and right. Because one after the other, I say, oh no, I, I can imagine the, the next Roman soldier who is scheduled to be chained with Paul. They all say, hey, it's your your shift this time, right? You're going to be chained to that crazy guy, Apostle Paul. Yeah, he's going to convince you. He got the others saved and he got them crazy. He's going to get, and they're wondering, say, oh, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to let that happen. Sure enough. (laughs) 
See, Paul took advantage of these situations. Whether you're in prison, whether you're being persecuted, do it for the glory of the Lord. It doesn't matter to the world. They may see, oh, you're in jail, you're in prison. But yeah, I'm in jail and prison because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I wouldn't be surprised if that time, that would come soon. Everything's being challenged. He says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. Share with me this, uh, Timothy. (laughs) Share this with me. Now, disciples were followers of their teachers. They didn't only follow their teachings, but they also included suffering, following them in their suffering, in their imprisonment, and even death. That was how discipleship was in ancient times. Paul tells Timothy, his disciple, his son in the faith, listen, share with me. Be ready to suffer and share with me for the gospel of Jesus Christ. We see Paul himself was a follower of Christ. He was a follower or a disciple, if you will, a follower of Jesus. Jesus suffered on the cross We're talking about suffering as a Christian, but not realizing that the Savior we worship, he suffered. (laughs) He set the example. I remember when I was in the academy, you know, most of the people, the cadets, the probation police officers, we always respected the instructor that ran with us. Not the one that stood in the middle. And tell us, okay, lap one, lap two. He's just standing there watching everybody. But they loved the instructor that led the run and did it themselves. And, he, and there was one. He was a beast. <laughs> Oof, I, I lost like 20 pounds in that one gym session with him. But he would run. And he says, you know, I'm running with you. And he would just, yeah, he was a Marine guy and he was a big guy and Boy, I said, listen, this is not the Marines, this is paramilitary, this is law enforcement, okay, guy, come on. But we, he led by example, and I love those that lead by example. And that's what Jesus did. He led by example, Paul led by example by following Christ, suffering with Christ, and now he's telling Timothy, suffer with me. We all suffer because our Savior suffered. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. He says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. This is why baptism is so important. It's why Jesus commands us to baptize. Commands us. Because we identify with the death, burial, resurrection. Here Paul says, identify with his suffering. Saints know this as Christians, as disciples, follow Christ, we will suffer. We will suffer. Philippians chapter 1, verse 29, it says, For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, that's easy. Yes, I believe in Jesus, but here's the other half. But also to suffer for his sake. A lot of people pull back on that. You mean we got to suffer? Yeah. Yeah. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, we'll get to this soon. Say, so, yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 
When he said, when Paul wrote this will, it's because he's actually learned from Jesus. When Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 20, remember the word that I said to you, I, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. This is the master. This is Jesus. Disciples follow. We suffer. Not only we learn and we're taught, we go through suffering and pain. We go through trials and tribulations. We go through all this and even, even death. Jesus set the example. So Paul tells Timothy, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the gospel. He said, but share with me in the suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works. That's important. God's saving and his calling is not according to your works, my works, or anybody's work. You and me and every believer in Jesus Christ, we are saved by the grace of God, not by rules and regulations, not by rituals, not by tradition, not by good deeds. We're saved by the grace of God. You know, it's, it's just in our nature to want to do things good so we can either get the pat on the back or think that it's going to, you know, it's funny. Whenever we do wrong, right, something happens to us. Let's say, you know, a rock fell on your head and you're conked out. Oh, that was the Lord. He was mad at me because I sinned the other day. But if you feel you're okay with God, you're right. This is a good week. This is a good day, by the way. Oh, you're praying and you're studying the Bible, you're sharing the gospel, you get hit by the rock. Oh, that's the enemy. Which is it? <laughs> you know? But when we do good, you know, we just do good for the sake of glorifying God because we're his, his disciples, we're ambassadors of Christ. Whether things happen good or bad, whether we suffer or not, we do it for the Lord. And we're saved. We're, we're saved by grace, not by works. It's not by religion. Not a list of do's and don'ts. But, the other half of verse 9, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. It was God's own plan. It was his plan to save us from the beginning, from the foundation. God knew, you know, People think that God is always surprised, you know? Oh, let there be light, created heaven and earth, and then Adam and Eve, and then they eat of the fruit they sin. Oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. God knew. <laughs> but because his grace and because his love, he still did it anyway. Still created heaven and earth, he still loved you, and he knew that there was sin, he knew. Just like us, you know, we think like God's going to be surprised when we fail. And we sin, oh, whoa, Really? Today? Did you do it yesterday? You can do it again today. God expects you, doesn't want you, He expects you to fail. I'm You've just heard another message from Pastor Eddie right here on Running the Race. We're so glad you decided to spend part of your day with us delving deep into God's Word to learn more about Jesus. The Apostle Paul made sure to leave no strings untied as he wrote a letter to Timothy, the man who would eventually take over Paul's ministry. It's no secret that we'll all face death someday, and sometimes we need to face that reality. That's exactly what's happening in this book of 2 Timothy. Equally important is keeping our focus on God 
and trusting that He used our life exactly how it was meant to be spent. There's much more to learn from this book and other books of the Bible, so be sure to visit runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, take some moments to look around. We have some great resources to help you in your study of God's Word. We're so glad you joined us today for Running the Race. Are you in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area? If so, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. That's all the time we have for today, but we look forward to being with you again on the next edition of Running the Race. I'm reaching-